Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Like we always do about this time. I was with Richard Hardard. I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. There's no one can stop me. Lynx is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody ruthless. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from Nairclaw. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, what is up? What is up? What is up? Welcome to another edition of the Hawks Beat Podcast, episode 25, volume six in the books. Um, got a great show for you guys tonight. If you are joining us live on Facebook, make sure you holler at us in the chat room. If not, uh, make sure you uh, tweet us your comments. And um, first things first, I mean, let me get rid of some of this housekeeping if you are new to the show, make sure you are following us on all of our social media platforms. We are at Hawksbeat on Facebook, not Facebook, on Twitter and Instagram. Our Facebook page is the Hawksbeat. And um, that's how you get at us on Facebook. We're on all of the multimedia streaming podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, you name it, we there. So uh, make sure you connect with us on our social media platforms because that is a big part of what we do. Um, got a special guest in with us this afternoon. Well, this evening is 8 p.m. Uh, he was one of the guys I was on. Was it the last week when we all got together like Deshaun? That is correct. Yeah, last week, man. Me and the guys, we hooked up, had a great time, man. Had a great time sharing some stories in the media business. And I decided to bring him back because he is the – the voice of college basketball and he understands drafts and prospects and uh, more than anybody else in the city of Atlanta. So uh, my guy, Deshaun Tate, he is uh, half of the duo of the off the glass with Dyson Tate. Did I get that right? 
That is correct. Off the glass with Dyson Tate podcast. <laughs> you guys are in its infancy form, right? How many shows you guys got under your belt? Man, two. Um, two. Yeah, just did the first one on Saturday with Rob Parker. We still kind of ironing out a couple wrinkles just trying to make sure we got every T cross, every I dotted, every lowercase J dotted as well. So we're just trying to make sure that we just tightening up on all the loose screws, man. But it's awesome, very informational and very educational. That is every Tuesday and Friday from 6 p until 7 p Eastern Standard. Definitely, man. Make sure y'all check them out, man. And to me, Deshaun, man, that's that's what I love about it. I love the fixing and the mixing and the matching and trying to get it right, listening to yourself and be like, oh, man, I sounded like an idiot. You know, how can I get this right? How can I make this better? Uh, I enjoy just the process of trying to make your brand better, man. So good luck to you guys on that, on that journey, man. And uh, keep doing that thing. Thank you much. So um, I want to talk about the draft uh, in regards to the Hawks. Um, now, I, I went over and I was looking at some tape today. And, um, you know, I, I, study, I study prospects a little bit different and probably you do a little bit different than the most folks. Most folks, they just read a bunch of, um, you know, read a bunch of scouting reports. But I'm the guy, I like to look at tape because tape don't lie. You know, I like to watch a lot of tape. And, you know, your eyes don't trick you. If you see a guy, you know, you know, being lazy on defense, you know, you see a guy that just pops on offense, then, you know, that's kind of what it is. So today I watched tape on uh, three of the main guys that I want to talk about that a lot of guys are talking about. Uh, and that's, of course, uh, James Wiseman, uh, LaMelo Ball, and uh, Anthony Edwards, three dogs, three guys who are going to be near the top of the draft uh, when the draft happens, uh, draft is scheduled for June 25th. So we have a little bit over a month before we get there, but now is a good time to start looking at these guys. Um, Crossing T's and dotting I's. Yeah, no doubt, man, no doubt. We're going to keep it rolling. But, yeah, man, like I asked you before uh, the Internet was hating on us, uh, as far as a team's projection uh, or how a, a team's uh, direction in the draft. What are some of the things you look at when you look at, you know, where a team may draft a guy? I think it's more so about, you know, what the best fits are. Um, you know, I think you alluded to it before uh, that devil start working on us with the internet. But, um, <laughs> you know, in regards to um, what type of front office, you know, like in, in, in what ways do they go about their draft? Is it best available? Is it, um, is it you know, biggest need uh, for the team, you know, and like, like, like you said, all of these things in regards to the money has to work out right. A, 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 according to the way we're looking at this Hawks team and its rosters, the way that it's put together, you've got guys on club options, uh, some really big decision making coming up, not this year, but the following year at the end of next year, you got a lot of unrestricted and restricted free agents right now. Guys, you know, won't be coming back. Your Chandler Parsons, your, you know, Vince Carters and a couple other guys kind of sprinkled in there a little bit. I think one of the bigger questions, what do they do exactly with Jeff Teague? Um, and how much do they really feel that Brandon Goodwin uh, has really come and not only contributed, but what he'll be able to do from a longevity standpoint when you're talking about backing up Trey at the point guard position. And not only that, even how much they really value um, you know, the, the second option of having Trey Young playing off the ball. So, you know, you have to kind of consider all of those things in addition to the front court and so many other things. But those are just a couple of the things that you really want to keep your eyes and your ears open for 
when you start getting closer to uh, talking about guys being drafted on and hearing their names on draft night? Yeah, man, it's so many variables when you look at the team. And <clears throat> I'll just go over the guys that are under contract for next season. And it looks like this. Uh, as, you, as far as the guys who are under contract, now, of course, they have to fill up the roster. The roster is not complete. But the guys that are under contract, you got your point guards who are Trey and Godwin are Goodwin. Uh, those are your point guards. Uh, then you have your wings. You have Herder, Hunter, and Reddish. Uh, all of those guys are making – Herder's making 2.7. Hunter's 7.4. Reddish, 4.4. You're not really paying nobody. Your bigs, you have Collins and Capella. Collins is making 4.1, but you're going to have to pay him. You're going to have to pay him sooner than later. You have Clint Capella, who's locked in at 16. You have Dwayne Dedman, who's at 13. And then you have Bruno pulling the rear at 1.5. So that is your roster as of now. You know, of course, you're going to fill it with free agency. And, you know, now we're talking into, okay, who are we going to draft? Who are we going to bring in? And your roster construction, your roster makeup is big when you uh, when you're thinking about these guys. So the first guy I was looking at today is one Mr. Anthony Edwards uh, out of Georgia, 6'5", 225, 6'9", uh, wingspan. Uh, I watched some tape on him today. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on Mr. Uh, Mr. Edwards? Anthony Edwards has a, a, a phenomenal, a great body. You know, when you start looking at size, strength, athleticism. I know some people talk about, you know, how, how he takes plays off. Uh, I think that we see probably just as much of that in any player as we do Anthony Edwards. People probably just kind of highlight that in regards to him because he's considered being taken number one or certainly within the top three as a lock. Um, I think that he could do some, uh, from, from a maturation standpoint, I think that he can mature a little bit more on the floor that's going to come with time. You got to remember the guy just reclassified. I'm not even sure if he's 18 years old yet. If so, he just turned 18 years old. Um, so, you know, technically we would be talking about him getting ready to be a freshman in college at this point. Um, but, you know, outside of that, I mean, there, I'm not sure that there's another guy who just has that raw ability, that talent. There's so many comparisons to uh, Victor Oladipo, uh, Dwayne Wade being another player, two coaches that, I'm sorry, two players that Tom Crean coached, so he's very well, uh, well versed with with coaching guys like that. Uh, but I mean, I, I love Anthony Edwards. He has that. He has that dog. He has that little bit of bite. He has that edge to him that not a lot of other players have. Uh, and he knows that he's the best player on the floor. You may not necessarily see that every single time he steps onto the floor, but I think it's a mat a maturation. Uh, growth that he could certainly use between his game and his personality a little bit. Then again, same token speaking, Deshaun Tate at 17, 18 years old could use a lot of maturation as well. <laughs> Still can use it at age 35. As you can see, I'm wearing a summer league ball cap, walking around with house shoes on and a robe wrapped around me. So knowing I can use a little bit more mat maturation growth as well, I think we can all say that about anybody at that age. So, yeah, the thing I like about Anthony Edwards, the first thing that, that pops out at you when you watch filming him is just the boy's size. Like you said, I think he's 18 years old, uh, but he he's built like a big boy. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what these guys are, are eating nowadays, but he's built like a man. And um, to me, he seems more of a, of a scorer than so a shooter. 
more he's not necessarily a pure shooter I know at Georgia he played a little bit of the one not much but I don't see an NBA point guard when I see him I see him more of an athletic two maybe a, a small size three very athletic man very athletic um and in some in some cases explosive you know when, when you look at his uh, athleticism uh, to me, it looks like what would be a best fit for him would go to a situation where he is in a, uh, a very up-tempo type offense. You know, he don't need to go to Utah. You know, he needs to go to a place where he's going to be getting up and down. He can get out on that wing and he's, you know, somebody's going to get him the ball. Um, um, as far as like improvements, a lot of folks said, you know, his free throws, his three-point shooting, decision-making. Decision-making is going to be a con on every single one of these guys coming out, right? Because, you know, these guys who do these, these scouting reports, they come out. And, of course, the decision-making, because he's 18 years old. Like, think about how we played ball when we was 18 and 19. Like, and we were not trying to go pro. You know, everything's razzle-dazzle. But uh, I like the kid as far as, you know, him having a, a solid head on his shoulders. Um, if he's there, and, and of course, we haven't even gotten to where the Hawks are going to be drafted, but he is going to be in the top five, maybe top three, in my opinion. The Hawks have a possibility of being in that top five, top three. If he is there for the Hawks, do you think the Hawks should pull a trigger on a guy like this? And uh, how do you see him fitting in with this this squad, uh, like we have mentioned before? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think that's a guy that they should really be targeting. Let me say this first and foremost before we start talking about the fit. Um, if I'm the Atlanta Hawks, and we're talking about me just having options that are open all across the board, okay? I don't think that this is a team that needs to get younger by any means. They were arguably the youngest team, certainly in the, in, the, in the top three youngest teams in the NBA last year, for sure. Um, with all of their starters, I think, being like age 22 or younger or definitely under 24, something like that. Um, so, you know, what I'm going to do if I am this particular team is I'm going to hold on to that top three spot that I have or top five, whatever it is, and I'm going to keep it on ice for as long as I possibly can and wait until we consistently just – constantly inch closer to draft night and some of these silly GMs that like to make silly decisions, see a player that they really want and that they're really targeting, but have no idea in the world how they're going to go about getting them. If I'm the Hawks, I'm just dangling that little carrot of a draft pick right over their head to say, Hey, you want this guy come and get this guy, but I'm going to need experience assets in exchange for that draft pick outside of that. If you're talking about going to get a guy, I don't think that Anthony Edwards is ideal, um, partially because of the fact that I think it'll, it'll, it'll feel too much like you're bringing Colin Sexton to come play alongside of Trey Young. I don't think that that's going to work. You want a guy like an Anthony Edwards who can have the ball in his hands, maybe not necessarily a point guard, because I agree with you. I don't think he's a point guard. He's more of that combo guard, shooting guard that's not a great shooter, but it's not like his jump shot is broken. So from that standpoint, um, I just don't think that that's ideal. I don't think that's a good fit. I, you know, you're, you're obviously getting younger and things like that. Um, but where I do see that, you know, he a, a potential good landing spot for him, depending on you know who's going to be drafting where and so forth. Uh, I don't think that I don't I don't think that uh, you know Golden State is the worst place for him. I don't think it's the best place for him. But to help his growth in his game. 
then, you know, I think that that would be an ideal spot for him. Now, the problem with that is there isn't a lot of organizations and franchises that are making picks, um, you know, based off of just potential alone, and you're not going to play that player. You're picking up someone in the lottery. You want to see them and put them on the floor. Um, but I definitely think, you know, teams like Detroit, uh, Minnesota, Chicago, maybe depending on, you know, what the future looks like and how well they feel that Anthony Edwards can play the point guard position or off the ball in exchange with Zach Levine. I think those are just a few of the franchises, just a little less than a handful of places that I think he could land and be some pretty decent fits for him. Yeah. The one thing that, you know, and I'll, and I'll break it down kind of sequentially like you did, uh, one thing that we know about the Hawks is that um, their GM, um, Travis, Travis is a very aggressive GM. That's what you've seen, uh, the moves that he's made on last, uh, last, the last few years. Uh, last year, pulling the trigger on DeAndre Hunter. I was a big fan of the, uh, pulling the move for DeAndre Hunter. Um, I like the Hunter kid probably a little bit more than most. Um, I, I, I like the Reddish kid, but I don't love him like some people love him. I'm kind of like in the middle. I think they're both good ball players. I think they're both very good ball players. Um, but I, I really like the way how Travis navigated last year's NBA draft. And Travis is a smart man. I'm telling, I tell folks all the time, like Travis, the reason he got that job is because he came under the school, the school, the tutelage of Jerry West. You know, that, that was his recommendation. And so I think that he's going to do exactly like he says. I think that that high pick, depending on where it is, if it's top five, top three, I think he's going to dangle that mug for all he can. Because like you said, this team does not need to get younger. Next year, folks are talking playoffs. Like, okay, you had your, you, you know, you had your two years of trade. John's in that third year. He's a 20 and 10 guy. Folks are wanting playoffs next year. And it would behoove this team to add a savvy veteran who can do something like, lock down a defender, or knock down shots, put a shooter beside Trey. Um, so I, I, see, I see what you're going with that. If he were to join the team, I don't think it would be the worst. I think you would have issues on playing time because you invested in these young wings. You invested in Herder. You invested in Cam. You invested in Hunter. Where is the playing time going to be at? You know, you can't go small all game. So I think that is an issue. But I always tell people, man, I trust Travis, man. I, I really like what he does. I'm a big Travis Schlink fan, and I think that he's not going to make a, a, a unwise decision. So, This segment is brought to us by a welltogetherman.com. Make sure you check out a welltogetherman.com. It is a website for men that deals with grooming, fashion, entrepreneurship, and fitness. They're good friends of the Hawks Beat. Shout out to our guy, Rufus Addison. They do a great job over there. Make sure you stop by today at welltogetherman.com and be one of those men who are leaders, not followers, men who take care of themselves, and men that have some self-respect. Shout out once again to a welltogetherman.com. He's Wiseman. He's the next up that I looked at today. Uh, the center from... Um, Memphis, 7'1", 240, seven foot four and a half wingspan. Uh, I watched him. To, I watched some tape of him today. Uh, this is a big boy, man. Big boy can run like a gazelle. Very athletic. I think all of these guys coming out now are just athletic because 
you don't see guys that come out now and just like they label him, oh, I'm a shooter, I'm gonna do this. They're all just athletic. <laughs> and um, you know, he has a decent post game, nice mid-range, uh, big guy, shooting potential. A lot of folks have compared him to they're saying him he he has a, he's like a young DeAndre Jordan with like an offensive game, like a higher ceiling. Um, what are your thoughts on the Wiseman kid? Now, now keep in mind, like this is the guy I believe he played only three games in college this year, but uh, very small sample size, but uh, the tape don't lie in this guy. What are your thoughts on Wiseman? Well, you know, I, 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 I like Wiseman. I'm not in love with Wiseman. Um, you know, Wiseman is one of those guys where I feel like he's really going to uh, kind of boom or bust to an extent. Um, I've heard some comparisons to DeAndre Jordan. I do see a little bit of Chris Bosh in his game because he can step away from the basket long as he's not stretching it out there too far. Uh, but I, I think that he can, you know, from a mid-range standpoint, he can develop that jump shot to make it a little bit more consistent. I don't see him particularly seeing the floor right away, no matter where he goes, because I think there's certain things he needs to bring to the table. Now, granted, he's going to get on the floor, but I think his minutes are pretty much going to be limited anywhere that he lands because he's more of a project. He's not more so, and that's really what the NBA has really become about over yeah. time is what you can build a player into, not so much what kind of an impact that this particular player can come in with right away. Um, and so, you know, with that, uh, you know, you, you've got to put him on a team where I think that uh, they, they, they can get up and down the floor and transition very well. Um, I could see him maybe landing somewhere like a Cleveland. Uh, you know, it, it, getting him into being that number one player, I think he's likely to be taking number one. Right now, between he and 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 um, and Anthony Edwards, I think they are the front runners for that number one spot for right now. But you know, I won't lie to you. One of the reasons why I'm not in love with him because I can see him being a little bit like a Hashim Thabit that played at Connecticut uh, and then played into the NBA after a while. Now, a, a more polished or more uh, not nearly as raw offensively has a little bit more offensive to his game, but does have some of that shot blocking ability at the rim. Very athletic for a, uh, very athletic, excuse me, for a seven footer. So, um, you know, those are a few things, but he's going to have to put on some weight. He's going to get thrown around a little bit in there in the post, um, but he can certainly clean baskets up and, you know, follow up very well. Like you said, run the floor very well. He runs like a deer. I think that he'll be a good fit anywhere that he lands. I don't think he, there really has to be a perfect fit for him. I just think that the most important thing for him will be how he can develop his game on a consistent basis, especially on the offensive end. Yeah, I talked about this on Twitter yesterday. I was kind of just feeling out some of the Hawks fans and seeing what were their thoughts as far as the, uh, you know, the draft it was concerned as far as some of these guys. And, you know, as you know, sometimes – and talking with Hawks fans on Twitter, that thing can go all the way left. But all the conversations were good. Uh, the majority of the folks were saying, you know, kind of pass on Wiseman. I had a couple folks say, yeah, if he's there, you got to draft him. And they're in favor of drafting him and letting Capella go. I'm pretty sure they're not going to do that. Like, I'm pretty sure Travis isn't going to draft this guy and let go of Clint Capella, who has years of NBA film and he is a bona fide NBA player for a guy you're going to roll the dice on. I just, I don't think that's going to happen. But um, I, I, you know, like, I, I agree with you. I think he's definitely a project. 
Um, and that's just where we are now. You, you draft based on what these guys will be, not necessarily what they are. And it's not, you know, it's not really a knock on, on these guys. You know, hey, they are who they are, you know. And a lot of folks like, oh, man, he's not this, he's not this. Yeah, but it depends on how hard he works. He can, he can work himself into a decent NBA center. Uh, the problem is the value of the NBA center nowadays is, al- is almost like that of the value of the M- NFL running back. It's not what it used to be, you know. Unless you're coming out and stroking threes, your value is not the same as a guy who was seven foot who stroked them threes, you know. Um, I like Wiseman kids. I don't think that the Hawks have any uh, – I don't think that their eyes are really on him. Um, but, you know, I wish the kid all the best. Seems like a good, you know, good kid. Uh, he understands uh, his value, the whole thing with um, – when the whole thing went down with his, uh, his school and uh, him trying to, you know, get the eligibility and everything. But I like the Wiseman kid. And, and, and to your point, Ed, you know, that center position is becoming somewhat a little bit more extinct. Um, and I know that you have your Nurkic and your, 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 your Jokic and some of these guys. Those are guys that played on the international level or have that international background. They're stretching defenses out to the perimeter with their shooting abilities and things like that. Um, so I'm not going to say it's completely extinct. Certainly the back against the basket centers are extinct, which I really wish that it wasn't because I still think they can be useful in the NBA. But the problem with a guy like a James Wiseman is that you really don't have a whole lot of um, a whole lot of tape to go off of when, you know, when, when you're evaluating him. Um, yeah. And a lot of the time, that's the problem. Guys are so caught up. People, we get so caught up on, uh, you know, rankings and all these other things where guys are ranked at and projections and all these other things instead of looking at the evaluation overall of a player. You don't have a lot of that with James Wiseman this year against any kind of the above average competition by any stretch of the imagination with the exception of one of those three or four games that he played was against an Oregon team that was very good did have some pretty decent size, but Wiseman didn't particularly play very well in that game either. So he looked really good in the other games. Like I said, he, did, he didn't do great in the Oregon game. And it's not that he did extremely bad, but he, it was hard for him to see the floor a lot because he stayed in foul trouble so much throughout the duration of the game. So you don't really have a lot to go off of. And something tells me I have a really good feel that this next player that we're going to talk about and break down his draft analysis I'm really kind of questionable about how much we got a chance to see him against elite competition as well. Definitely. And that brings us to uh, the last guy I want to talk about tonight. And that is one LaMelo ball. And before we get on LaMelo, man, back to your point. And the unfortunate thing about not seeing these guys and not being able to properly evaluate him against, you know, better talent is that if he gets in the NBA and he, and he ends up being just an average player, Let's say he gets in and he's a seven and seven guy, you know, that's who he is. But because of he, because of where he's drafted, people are going to crap in him the whole, his whole career. And that's not really fair to the kid, even though it's part of the business. That's just part. I don't, I don't really like too much, man. Like, oh man, like we didn't really even know folks wanted to hype him up coming out of high school. And yeah, you know, he's got all this, but you know, if he comes up to just be average, folks are really going to be on him. Um, LaMelo ball, six, eight, 180, 610, wingspan, 18 years old. 
he's played just about everywhere. He's played internationally. He's played in some uh, other leagues that <laughs> his daddy has created. <laughs> Shout out to the entrepreneur uh, known as Mr. Ball. Uh, we all know about LaMelo. We've seen LaMelo ball ever since he was seven almost, it seems. And his time is here. Um, what are your thoughts on LaMelo as far as just his game is concerned? There's things I'm in love with and there's things that I'm not. You know, it's very similar to when we were talking about Anthony Edwards, who has the size, the body, the athleticism, the, the, the strength, the things that you can't really teach. Well, it's the exact same thing with LaMelo Ball, but somewhat opposite, because while he may not have necessarily the crazy athleticism and the strength and the, the strong body, um, what he does has is he does have the length. One word as we get closer to the draft that we are going to consistently hear about over and over and over, it'll drive you crazy uh, hearing how many times you'll hear wingspan when we get closer to draft. He has that, you know, he has a, a good body in terms of his size, his length, his IQ is very, very um, uh, on, a, on an elite level, much like Lonzo as well. Um, his playmaking ability, his passing ability and his vision. Those are the things that are off the charts. Now, yeah. some of the other things that concerns me is the competition level. We saw him play at Chino Hills High School. Um, and, you know, they, they, they were out there pretty much just spanking guys. They were, they were whooping up on guys. Some of, those, some of those games I saw, LaMelo Ball, I think he scored about 80 or 90 points in a game or something <laughs> crazy like that. He's cherry-picking the whole game. But much like, again, Anthony Edwards, we talk about the maturation. LaMelo Ball went over to, to Australia and played in the, on the international level. And it seems like he matured a whole lot. He grew into his body. He got away from home probably most importantly, got away from his dad, learned life a little bit on his own, um, and just kind of really worked out. Um, that competition over there, I'm not going to say it's the greatest. I don't think it's the worst, but I don't think it's something that we can say, you know what, he's playing against grown men. Yes, well, while that's great, the talent level of some of those grown men over there uh, aren't are necessarily the greatest, and that was one of the issues that I had, and question marks, red flags, if you will, that I had with Luka Doncic before he came over. But not everybody's going to be that. This is a great time to be following up Luka Doncic in over 700 and something days or whatever it is, two years or three years following that. Um, because, guys, you know, there's going to be GMs that are going to be a lot more prone to take a chance on you. Um, but a lot of those games, LaMelo Ball's team, they were losing. And LaMelo Ball didn't shoot all that great. He didn't have all that great of a percentage. Um, but his, his shot isn't broken by any stretch of the imagination. It can use some improvement, probably like anybody else. Uh, but it wasn't broken like Lonzo's. I just think that it wasn't efficient enough. Um, but when you start talking about the ways that he can impact the game with the passing ability and things like that, I think that those are the things that are off the charts. I'd pump my brakes a little. Now, I would like to say a little bit, but I'm going to keep it real with you on this one. This is Hawks beat, so I came to keep it straight. No doubt. I'm going to pump my brakes a lot of bit on LaMelo Ball. I'll tell you what, there's two guys in this draft that played that same position that I personally would take if I needed a point guard before LaMelo Ball. One of those people is RJ Hampton, who also played over in Australia with LaMelo. And I like RJ. Oh, Anthony out of North Carolina. Yeah, I, li I like both of those guys. I'm a big Cole Anthony fan. Uh, as far as LaMelo is concerned, he might be the biggest wild card of this draft as far as like, man, like he could be like really, really good 
or he could be in the G League. Like, <laughs> I, I don't believe he's going to be – I don't believe he's going to be a middle-of-the-road type player. Either he's either it's going to click and he's going to get it and he's going to be one of those guys like, wow, I can't believe he didn't go first. Or he's going to be that guy in the G League like, man, we never saw this coming. I think because when you watch the tape, the tape pops. You know, the tape pops. Like you said, his IQ is elite. You know, his ball handling is is elite. He knows how to play the game of basketball. However, knowing how to play the game of basketball when you get to the NBA is not enough. There are plenty of guys that know how to play the game. Can you play it in a system? Can you play for a coach who you don't necessarily get along with? How are you going to mess with your teammates? I think all of the outside noise is going to have a huge effect on LaMelo. Um, if it's just about ball, he's fine. Like, he's got the tools. Yes, his shooting can improve. I always say when you, when we get on these college kids about the shooting improve, I say, yeah, you want you, you, you the idea is that it will get better when the NBA is their job and they don't got to go to class every day and they can focus on getting shots up, you know. So, you know, he, he's definitely more of a scorer than he is a shooter. The boy has range. You know, he's seen him clips. The boy shoots from half court. You know, what are you going to do with the coach that says, hey, LaMelo, no half court shots? You know, how is he going to handle that? You know, how is he going to handle being coached? So uh, I, I said, and I said the same thing last year about Cam Reddish. I, I was very, I was very like on the fence about Cam. I was like, either it's going to go really good or it's going to go really bad for Cam. And he's kind of hit somewhere in the middle. It started kind of click toward the end. Yeah. But um, LaMelo is one of those guys, man. He's fun to watch. The tape is fun to watch. But uh, is it sustainable? on an NBA team in an NBA franchise. And we don't know, you know, we just do the best we can to guess, you know? Well, you know what? I'm glad that you said that because like I said, before he decided to go the international route, you know, we, we, we saw, um, we saw LaMelo Ball leave high school. I don't even know if he ever ended up graduating or not, if I'm just being honest, but then he went overseas to play in one of those Baltic leagues ended up coming back from overseas, played at Spire Academy in Ohio, which they did play some pretty good competition, but a lot of that stuff is really questionable. Ended up going from there to, to Australia, and now we're being left with the only thing we see in terms of the value of the competition over there is stuff that we see on highlight films. Let me tell you something. I, it's, I don't go off of anything highlight films. Me and Ed can put together highlight tapes yeah. of both and look like the, the, the you know, top, top lottery picks. The, those things will never show times when, you know, you dribbling the ball on a fast break and accidentally bounce the ball off your foot and it goes out of bounds. It'll only show the good things. So you have to be very careful when you're evaluating uh, a player um, that is limited to what you can see of them. And just looking at where he could potentially land, I don't love him from the Hawks because I don't need him and Trey Young both throwing up half-court shots. We have enough of that going on already as it is. <laughs> While I do love the idea of Trey Young playing off the ball, I don't need that to happen nearly as regularly as, uh, as it would need to be for the Hawks to make sense of drafting LaMelo and putting him at, at the point guard position for primary reasons. Uh, but certainly Cleveland, I think, has far too many point guards. I don't think that Golden State is a good fit. Minnesota is a potential fit along with Detroit, which I think would be a good fit. Keeping my fingers crossed because I'm a piston hoping that, 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 that he doesn't go that route. Uh, I'm not sure if 
the, the, the big market, the big city, the big bright lights in New York would be too much. Cole Anthony's already from there. I think that that's a pretty good fit for him. Um, but outside of that, maybe could it work in Chicago, uh, depending on where they fall at in the lottery, or if they want to move up to go and get them and then put, um, you know, Zach Levine alongside of him from a combo slash shooting guard position. I'm all for I'm all for the light skin brothers ruling the backcourt in Chicago. Get a little flourish. I, I honestly, I know it's going to be a really, a really rough, a, a huge ask and a big risk. I don't think anybody's going to take that hefty John Wall contract, but if they can find a way to make something move around with that, you go and get LaMelo, you try to move up uh, and take the place of John Wall. Th those are really the only realistic options that I can see for them right now. This segment is brought to us by Tillman's Trinkets and Things. Custom jewelry shipped quickly to your doorstep. Every piece will be uniquely yours. You can get the Tillman's Trinkets and Things from our website, thehawksbeat.com. Just click on their banner, Tillman's Trinkets and Things. Shout out to our guy, Jonathan. He's done great work. He's made pieces for my daughter, for my son, for myself. Check out the folks over at Tillman's Trinkets and Things. Yeah, I, I don't I don't like him with the Hawks. Um, he's a ball dominant guard. You know, we already have one of those. We already not only is he a ball dominant guard, he likes to shoot the ball from 40 feet. Like I said, we have those. You know, we have one. Like, and to me, one is enough. <laughs> as much as I love Trey, like some of them shots, I mean, it's good for the highlights, but some as a guy that that has studied the game and studies percentages and studies like the game, it drives me nuts. I'm, I mean, I'm not even gonna lie to y'all. Like, you know, y'all keep it real. Like, yeah, it's all nice and pretty when he makes it and he points to the logo, but that's that's not a good basketball shot. I don't care what anybody says. I'm taking that to my grave. Like, some of those shots are not good NBA shots sometimes. But I digress. Um, yeah, we got one of those already, so I don't think that the Hawks would make a move on LaMelo like that. I think Travis is too smart, and he understands basketball uh, well enough to not really make a move on LaMelo. But uh, all of these guys seem like good kids. You know, and I wish I wish that, that when they get in, I hope they all do well. You know, I'm not the type of guy like that has a grudge or, or has any type of axe to grind again. I want all these kids to shine. I want them all to do well. I want I want the best for all of them. You know, uh, because at the end of the day, man, they're 18, 19 year old kids, man. All they want to do is play basketball. You know, and this is not a good. This is not a. This is a this is a growing man business. You know, this is a grown man business. They're gonna talk about you. You have 82 nights to perform, you know, and if and if you don't perform on, on two of those nights, they're gonna talk about you bad. In some cities, they're gonna talk about you really bad. So, you know, I hope that all these guys can develop and and come into a really good game, uh, develop their game. So, you know, um, I just really want to talk about those three guys tonight, man. We're definitely gonna hit a bunch of those guys. Uh, later on as we progress toward the draft. But uh, as we close up shop, man, uh, we don't know exactly where the Hawks are going. And I know you said earlier that you are in favor of the Hawks kind of dangling that pick for a veteran or for seeing whatever, whatever they can get for that pick. Um, but I'm going to put you in the GM spot. Let's say we nobody bites the carrot and you have to pick. And let's say you're somewhere between three and five or whatever. Where is a guy, you just get one guy that you think that would be a really good fit for this Hawks team? I think that 
Um, wow, three and five. Wow. Um, this guy may not necessarily fit the bill of three and five, but I think that it's arguable. Uh, I think that you go and get another big that you can really develop. He's probably the best or the most skilled uh, offensive big that there is, uh, not even just necessarily in this draft, uh, but that there would be on this roster with the Atlanta Hawks, and that's Vernon Carey out of Duke. A guy who has the size, can stretch defenses, shoot the ball, can shoot it better, uh, but can still shoot the ball already well enough from, a, from, from, from NBA range as it is. Uh, he's a big body. He doesn't mind getting you know, his hands dirty, rebounding. He's got a little bit of baby fat, but he's going to trim all that kind of stuff up with, you know, with, with, when you start talking about the um, – when you start talking about the staff that they put around him and, and really get him on the right diet and all those kind of things. Uh, so he's certainly one of them. Anyika, let me slow it down. Anyika Okongwu from USC, who is a former teammate of LaMelo Ball in high school uh, out of USC. I, I think that that's ideal as well. Um, and, and I think that he'll take a, a little bit more, uh, need a little bit more polishing. But he has a great attitude, a high-character guy, um, and, and, and he'll get after it as well. Those are the two guys, Anika Okongu being one of the ones that I think would be a little bit more likely for people to see because he's expected to go right around that range. But for a guy like a Vernon Carey, who's something like a Jalil Okafor, uh, but certainly I don't know if he's necessarily more athletic or less athletic, but he plays a little bit more above the rim but has a lot of some of that same grit, edginess to him. Uh, and a guy that's going to play hard and work hard and be able to hit the outside shot. For me, that's, who I, that's what I like for a 1B standpoint if I can't find a way to sell that pick. Gotcha. And the Hawks are in a very peculiar predicament because chances are they'll probably have a top five pick, you know, top eight or whatever. I don't know what the, uh, the percentages are. But for all intents and purposes, they're going to be drafting a guy that's going to be coming off the bench. I don't think that any, there's any of these guys that are going to come out <clears throat> and be ready to start day one over any of these guys. Nobody's going to start over Trey. Nobody's going to start over Herder or Reddish. No one's going to start over Hunter or, or uh, John Collins or Clint Capella. Like they're starting, their starting guys are already intact. And really, you can, you know, you add Reddish to the mix, their, their first six guys are already intact. So there's nobody that I saw that can come out and say, hey, I'm going to unseat one of you guys. Because, I mean, you have six guys, you're, all, you're already, like, coming off the bench. So it's going to be interesting because the pick is so high to realize, hey, I'm, I'm drafting this guy for depth. That's why I think, you know, I'm in agreement with you. It may be better to sell the pick, drop down a little bit. And, you know, maybe see a guy that, that can come in there and fit your system. So I'm all for getting a big. It showed last year when John Collins went out. When he went out of 25 games, it felt like they went 1-24. I don't remember the number. But, of course, they've added some bigs since then because they realized, whoa, we were really inefficient in, uh, you know, building this depth. But it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be fun. I love this time of year where the look at these guys and to – prospect and analyze and stuff it makes for good fodder especially as now we're kind of on the uptick of you know being able to talk more sports and everything but my guy i appreciate you for joining me on this podcast man definitely got to have you on again when we talk some more draft stuff and draft prospects let the folks know about your podcast one more time man so they can come and check you out 
I'm looking forward to it, Ed. I appreciate that. I know next time I come on, maybe I'll make a little bit better of a fashion statement. <laughs> At Take Hoops on the Twitter as well as on the IG, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S. Hashtag where basketball lives. Got an awesome podcast there. You can find that anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Uh, that being um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Red Circle, the whole nine. That is every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, as well as another podcast that I'm doing with a good buddy of mine. I call him Iron Mike Dyson. Not Mike Tyson. Mike Dyson, son of Michael Eric Dyson. Uh, we do an off the glass with date with Dice and Tate. Try saying that three times fast. Every Tuesday, every Friday from 6 p. until 7 p. Eastern Standard Time. We are the basketball savants. So it's kind of like we're giving game for free to an extent. That's what's up, bro. Well, I appreciate you, man. And we will definitely be in touch, my brother. And uh, peace to you and, and, and your podcast and all that, man. Thank you much. I appreciate you for having me. Looking forward to the next time. No doubt. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was my guy, Deshaun Tate. This has been the Hawks Beat Podcast, episode 25, volume six. Y'all know how to get at us. Make sure you are following us on all of our social media platforms, whether you watch this live on Facebook, whether you tweet with us on Twitter and Instagram, we are at Hawks Beat. Make sure you subscribe to the show for my podcast. We're on all the platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And uh, that's about it, y'all. We'll see when we see you next Tuesday. Same bat place, same bat time. It's your boy Edel for the Hawks Beat. We'll see you when we see you. Peace and love. of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details